How are you now? Welcome to the Letter Kitty Podcast. I'm your host, Arish, and this is episode 7. On this episode, I announce the winners of our Letter Kitty Podcast contest Craven Hulu release of Valentine's Day special. And our favorite comedians are making people laugh between seasons. And remember, you don't have to love this podcast like you love your wife, but it'd be nice. Let's start Letter Kitty Podcast. That's what I appreciate about you. Welcome, everyone. This is the seventh episode of Letter Kitty Podcast. Everyone should be aware and have watched by now the Valentine's Day special, which was released February 1st on Crave, February 14th on Hulu. I know a number of you have been waiting for the results. First Letter Kitty Podcast Twitter contest. I'll be announcing winners throughout the show. For fairness, I videotaped the entire selection process and I've uploaded it to YouTube. I'll be using that audio in the podcast, but you can see the entire thing uncut if you want to. I'll provide a link in the notes, and you can follow me on my Twitter account and get it there too. As for the winners, for the three of you, once you are notified or find out through our podcast or YouTube, uh, send me a direct message on Twitter. I'll need your name, your mailing address, your phone number, because sometimes depending on where you live, um, delivery requires it. Uh, so let's do our first drawing. Uh, this is for third place and second place winners. Um, they'll each receive a copy of Movie Entertainment Magazine, which features an interview with Jared Kiso and a featurette on Letterkenny. So I'll put the audio in here. Hey, Google, give me a random number between 1 and 55. Coming right up. 47. Number 47. At DDT71. Nope, DTC71. You are third place winner. So, congratulations to our third place contestant, number 47 at DTT71. Hey, Google, give me a random number between 1 and 55. Okay. 45. Seriously. At CDN Suites. You are number two, the second place winner. Congratulations. And our second place winner. Uh, number 45, at C-D-N-S-W-E-E-T-S. Uh, get a hold of me, and uh, we'll send you out your prizes. So, let's get on with some news. The Canadian Screen Awards has released their nominations for 2019, and Letterkenny has been nominated for Best Comedy, and Jared Kiso has been nominated for Best Lead Actor in a Comedy. Congratulations to everybody in front and behind the scenes on your nomination. On February 22nd, Crave is airing a one-hour comedy special for Mark Forward called Mark Forward Wins All the Awards. I had a chance to watch his warm-up uh, to this, and it was really quite funny. If you get a chance, check it out. Jay Burton, who plays Tyson as well as a tough guy from the last season of season one, uh, has tweeted out that uh, you have a chance to meet the cast and crew of Letterkenny. He's participating in a marathon for Mario fundraiser which is for Mario Diot. Uh, he's been diagnosed with a rare form of liver cancer that affects one in every 58 million people. He's only 28 years old. So there's a GoFundMe page set up. I'll provide a link in the notes if anybody wishes to donate. I'll also provide a link to the Instagram account where he posted the image of the chance in the contest notes for winning that meet and greet. And that's it for news. Let's get into our review. This is Season 2, Episode 1, A Fuss in the Ag Hall. Aired December 25th, 2016, directed by Jacob Tierney, written by Jared Kiso and Jacob Tierney. The title crawl says, there are 5,000 people in Letterkenny. These are their problems. 
and we've seen that every time except for the first time so i'm going to stop these unless they're different so we open with wayne and daryl recapping the events of last episode where we see wayne take a single punch and he falls down and as they recount it was a sucker punch and when wayne came to he was quick to remedy the situation so as we start the episode wayne daryl and squirrely dan are at the produce stand where stewart drives up to pick up katie wayne and daryl get to chirping immediately until Katie comes out. Stewart tries to cop a feel, but he's slapped away. Riley and Jonesy drive up without exiting the Jeep. Wayne and Daryl word for word remake the opening sequence from the very first episode. And then they back out of the driveway just quick, without saying a word. Dan introduces everyone to Cup of Fart and discusses Merck Murray at the Ag Hall and his style of running meetings. Wayne bets that Dan will be fast asleep within as many minutes. We cut to the Ag Hall where Dan is fast asleep. McMurray is chairing a meeting, bringing up McMotions, and which are fucking tedious. He made a motion to change the color of the front hall boot mats, moving the hangers from the rear closet to the front closet, and Wayne is just getting irritated. Uh, just a point of information, the rules that McMurray is sticking to is Robert's Rules of Order, which is a guide to running large meetings, and it's often used in union meetings. So when he says point of order, make a motion, second a motion, all that is part of Robert's Rules of Order. And all the while this is going on, Mrs. McMurray, in her first appearance, has taken the meeting minutes, like a court stenographer for some reason. McMurray is really hung up on the meeting formalities, so this is good for when you have lots of people. The Ag Hall, however, has nine people. Outside, we're met by Jim Dickens, who is not happy either with the way the Ag Hall is run. He's an auctioneer. Talks like that all the time. He wants Wayne to run for president of the Ag Hall. He gets Dan and Daryl's support, and Wayne tells Jim he'll think about it. We next see Jonesy and Riley outside the new hockey dre team dressing room of the Letterkenny Irish. Before they go in there, a bit sad that Katie was cheating on both of them, but they're more sad than angry. But they get their game faces on and head into the room, where everyone is working out on legs. It's leg day. Back at the house, Katie, Wayne, Daryl, and Dan are discussing why Stormy is in her pen. Because she tried to kill her stud, which is supposed to be frowned upon. Derry comments that it's similar with people and that your first impression might be your lasting one. He then mentions that he tries to break the ice with lyrics from 90s pop songs. He's providing the examples when Katie walks out, thinks he's talking to her, and threatens to beat the shit out of him. That's our Katie. At the skid house, Stewart's introducing Katie as his new girl, and the skids are old and rude to her. She heads back to the car, Stewart. Confronts Devin and Roll that didn't even turn away from the video games while talking to Katie. They expressed her dislike for Katie, which culminates into an EpiFen fight. Just a little public service. If you're ever going to do a uh, dress-up or cosplay or go out on Halloween with your friends and you're going as the skids, don't ever have an EpiFen fight. It can kill you. There's a part after the fight where Roll asks for peanut M&Ms. It's to counter the EpiPen effects. At the Ag Hall, Jim Dickskin, uh, sorry, Dickens, is called an emergency meeting where he makes a motion to make Wayne the president. With Jim's auctioneering vote-taking, Wayne is president in record time and the meeting is adjourned. We cut to the dressing room where Jonesy and Riley are trying to break the ice with the senior team and get shut down every time. They try to get the boys to play a game of Dinkerball. They're having none of it, but suggest a game they might be interested in, Duck Duck Goose. But played so that when they pick their turn to stand up, they're met with a fart-filled bare ass. At the skid house, Stewart is confronted by all the skid, and they tell him he's out. They all produce EpiPens, and Stewart eventually leaves. 
and right away half kids throw up, with their nerves getting the best of them. Stuart, now homeless. Stuart, now homeless, asked Katie for a place to stay, against Wayne's protest. She's agreed to let it for a couple days as, and gets Stuart settled in. Just as the big guy from last season's finale shows up, asking for a rematch. They figure they called the last fight a draw. They agree to fight fair, so no sucker punches again. Shake hands and square off. Wayne takes a drink of Gus and Brew, lights a smoke and unbuttons his sleeves. As he takes a drag of his smoke and flicks it away and shakes hands, he gives the guy an Irish kiss. That's a headbutt, knocking him out cold, all before he even exhales. End credits. After credit scene, there isn't any, so we're out of that. A couple of notes on this episode. The opening sequence, where Wayne runs through the alphabet using alliterations, was inspired by a Black Alicious song called Alphabet Aerobics. Yeah, artificial amateurs on it all amazing. Analytically, I assault animate things. Broken barriers bounded by the bumpy. Buildings are broken, basically I'm bombarding. Casually create catastrophes, casualties, canceling cats, got the canopies collapsing. Detonate the time tank, daily doing dope. Demonstration, time data that you don't know. Eating other editors with each and every energetic, epileptic episode, elevated etiquette. Furious, fat, fabulous, fantastic. Wayne, Derry, and Squirrely Dan are at the produce stand. This is the first appearance of Pupper's Beer. Though it's not mentioned by name, you can clearly see the label. The brand was developed by the art department, and it's now available in Ontario by Stack Brewing Company. You can get it directly from them or at the LCBO locations if you can find it. It sells out pretty quick. This is also the first appearance of Mrs. McMurray, played by Melody Scarfano. You may have seen her recently starring in Winona Earp and in Bad Blood as well as Designated Survivor. This is the first appearance of Jim Dickens, played by Alex McCooey, who's been doing the auctioneering bit since he was a young kid and uh, was actually an NCAA Division I pitcher. You may have seen him in movies, in the movie Zombies, in the short Supers, and just for your information, he is 6 feet 9 inches tall. This episode also features the first appearance of the Letterkenny Irish hockey team. It's a men's senior league team. Uh, the main character's first appearances are Bart's, which nobody ever calls him that because he's the first guy speaking. But anyways, his name's Bart's. He's played by Alex Spencer, you little bitch. You've seen him on Orphan Black, The Expanse, and 12 Monkeys series. Then there's Yorkie, played by Stephen Huzar. You've seen him on Flash, Supernatural, and Fringe. Schultze, played by Andrew Hinkins, Pussy. You've seen him on Working Moms, Fringe, and Incorporated. Fisky. Played by Jordan Johnson Hines. You've seen him in Suits, Blindspot, and the Robocop remake. Boomtown, played by Boomer Phillips. You've seen him in Handmaid's Tale, Bitten, and the Goon sequel. Just a couple more. Senior hockey refers to an amateur or semi-professional ice hockey competition. There are no age restrictions for senior players who typically consist of those whose junior eligibility has expired. So that makes it different from... The hockey team we're playing for, the Letterkenny Shamrocks, which are a junior B league team. Junior B, uh, junior hockey in general, is uh, a hockey competition generally for players between 16 and 21 years of age. Uh, hockey leagues in the U.S. and Canada are considered amateur, with a couple exceptions, and operate uh, within different regions of each country. Uh, the skids without speaking parts are uh, behind-the-scene workers on the show. The music, uh, when Wayne is recapping last season's ending and the completion of the fight, is Don McKellar by The New Values. 
the first appearance in the Jeep. Uh, that song is Luckiest Man Alive by Anakin Slade. Sometimes I show no cash, sometimes I finish last. Sometimes they troll my channel posts and say my joint is trash. Get the press by the press that I'm under. Says about the oppression among us. Get scared, my career is a bundle. Can't put the truth in the numbers. I had a lot of obstacles laid in my path. But I'm still alive, buddy boy, I'm a last. Final fight scene in the ending credit scene is Shake 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 by White Denim. and Riley enter the dressing room for the first time is Speed to Kill by Actors. Now, I couldn't find out a proper clip of this because some of these songs I use Shazam to figure out who these guys are, and it wouldn't come up. But uh, watching the further edition of this episode, uh, Jared Kiso mentions that his uh, friend is in a band and this is the song they played. So the song title is Speed to Kill, and I deduced it was Act. In the Egg Hall, when McMurray and Wayne are arguing... McBurry says he shouldn't be Kurt, and Wayne says he'll be downright Courtney if he doesn't hurry up. That's a reference to Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love. And if you know anything about Courtney Love, you don't want Wayne being as tough a guy in Leonard Kenny going as crazy as Courtney Love. My favorite uh, dialogue or scene. So there were a few. Uh, I really liked the opening chirp uh, towards Stuart where it's out and, you know, uh, Wayne says, uh, I see the muscle shirts came today, muscles coming tomorrow. But uh, overall scene, uh, my favorite scene is uh, when Stewart is confronting Devin and Rold in the basement, and Stewart is trying to explain going to watch the weekend. And then thinking about it's the end of the week. Seriously, Stuart, what are you even wearing? It's so gay. But you're gay. So what? He's a homophobe now, too. No, yes! I was born this way, Stuart! We don't even know where you are half the time. We're going to the weekend show. It's Tuesday. No, the weekend is here. In three days? Yeah. No, I mean the weekend is here today. No, it isn't. Yes, he is. Who is he? The weekend. Wow. Slightly sexist statement to say Saturday and Sunday are the masculine ones? He's a misogynist now, too. <laughs> no, yes. I mean, we're going to see the weekend perform. She's got you totally brainwashed, man. You don't even know what day it is. I was born this way, Stuart! Anyways, I thought that was funny. So my overall thoughts on this episode, I think it's another great episode, and it's what a great way to start season two. Uh, which is off the cliffhanger from the last season. All the characters are back, plus we got some new ones that are fan favorites. Uh, senior men's team have good chemistry with each other. And having two hotshots come to the team has an effect to that. I like how Riley and Josie have gone from being the top dogs to being the Schmelz on the team. I thought that Duck Duck Goose thing was funny. I like how Wayne mentions almost winking at the camera, saying how if there was a team for the next six weeks, it'd be Wayne's looking for love. It's a bit fourth wall, but since this is a stream service and not a weekly sitcom, it's a bit off. I don't know about you guys, but I don't watch this one episode a week. I watch them all at the same time. Or whenever I can, as long as the kids aren't in the room. 
And I mentioned before, the opening chirping between Wayne, Daryl, and Stuart is fantastic. Stuart, looking less like a skid, more like a hipster, hasn't really changed his demeanor. He still calls the H- Hicks shirt tuckers, even though he's dating the sister of the toughest guy in Letterkenny. Not the brightest bulb in the back. And those are my thoughts on Season 2, Episode 1. So, let's get on with our Letterkenny Podcast Contest winner. Our grand prize winner will receive Letterkenny DVD Collection, Seasons 1 to 5, and a copy of Movie Entertainment Magazine. Hey Google, give me a random number between 1 and 55. Okay. 15. 15. That is Big Rob Leg 01. You are a grand prize winner. Congratulations. And our first place grand winner is number 15 at B-I-G-R-O-B-L-E-G-01. Big Rob Leg. You are a grand prize winner. Direct message me with your details, and I will get that stuff out to you right away. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and rate this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Stitcher. You can reach me on Twitter at LetterkennyPod, Facebook, LetterkennyPod as well, or LetterkennyPodcast.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. To close out the episode, I'm going to play you another something from the Hedsons. This is Judy from Picture of Health. Close to the bottom, the thoughts, the bubbles coming off.